So this morning, I would like to title my sermon as, We Are Better Together. Can you say that with me? We are better together. You know, when we are together, we are better. You know, many times when we try to do things alone, we fail. But when we try to put all our efforts together, things will prosper. And this morning we are going to talk about, we are going to spend a couple of minutes to understand how can we be together so that things of God can happen on this earth. You know, you may be thinking, just only a few of us here this morning. The pastor, you are going to talk about, you know, being together. So what about others, those who have not come to church? Right? That's a question. So that's the reason, you know, we record these messages and we make sure that they hear these messages. They hear these words. And this morning, we are going to talk about how can we do better when we are trying to be together. You know, today we are living in a society, it's known as individualistic society. Once upon a time, if you, you know, think about, you know, in our, in our olden days, in the days of our parents, you know, families, they live together, join families. You know, many generations live under the same roof. You know, I don't think it's happening anywhere. It may be happening in some remote part of the globe, but it's not really, certainly it's not happening in the cities. But now these days, we are more into kind of individualistic culture. So individualistic culture is the one, you know, that takes us away from our families and it keeps us tight, you know, it makes us to be separate. Just, you know, just, just being alone, doing things by ourselves, just being alone. So we, you know, certainly, or most of us, all of us, we choose to live away from the place where we were raised. Some of us were raised in different countries. But today we don't live in those countries, you know, we choose to be away from those countries. You know, mostly our connection today, if you see the place where we are living, most of the time our connection is with people who are in the workplace. That's where we spend most of our times. 40 hours in a day. 60 hours. How many hours, Germany? 60 hours? 60 hours. 40 hours, 60 hours. You know, we 72 hours. We work. So most of our time we spend with the, in the workplace with the people with whom we work. Not worship. We work. That's where we spend most of our time. And think about the kind of friendship that we have in those places, workplaces. It's very shallow friendship. Unless you pick, picked up real good friends, it's worth having those real good friends. But other than that, you know, most of the time that friendship is just hi, bye kind of. Friendship is what we develop in our workplaces. Sometimes we choose to seek our own people who, 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 who are from the same culture, same country, and you know, who speak the same language. So we have, we have a small group where with, with whom we can stick around. But even if you, in the church, we still see individualistic culture. We come to church and we go, to, go out of the church. And, you know, I'm, I'm not sure, you know, how many of us are able to meet during the weekdays. Not, not many. Once we are gone from the church, even I try to, at times I try to even message you, try to text you. And I don't get any response back. But I have only one hope. What is that hope? I'll see them on next Sunday. So we are living in an individualistic culture where we don't really have time to take care of others' problem because our problem is so heavy. 
Now we are struggling to deal with our own issues and we really do not have time to you know, think about others and to deal with others. Right? But when you look at our God, you know, I've been thinking about our God. Our God is a community in himself. Our God is a community in himself. So certainly I believe that the individualism that we develop today, it's not the plan of God. It's not the design of God. Because God is, is a community in himself. God the Father, Son Jesus. Let me come again. God the Father, Son Jesus, Holy Spirit. They together have fellowship. They together commune. They love each other. They work together as a community. Amen? Amen? Are you with me this morning? Yes? So God the Father and Son Jesus and the Spirit of God, they work together as a community. So God is a community in himself. So God is not alone. God doesn't try to do things alone. God the Father doesn't try to do things without discussing Son Jesus, without you know, consulting with the Holy Spirit. They commune and consult together and do things. Now remember, we even in the Garden of Eden, when God created Adam, this is what God said. It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him who? A helper comparable to him. Right? Women, are you listening this this morning? Who are you? You are just a? You are just a? I know you won't say that. You are just a? Read the scripture again. It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a? Helper. You are there just to support? The men, sorry, you, you are man, right? Not everybody. I will make him a helper. How many helpers? You have problem, right? We definitely want help, certainly. I mean, that also shows our weakness. We can't survive without that help. We need that helper. Right? So when the helper goes on vacation for three months, we suffer. We struggle. Right? It's not easy. So the Bible says, God says, you know, you cannot live alone. It's not good for you to be alone. And those who are alone, Bible says, it's not Good for you to be alone. You need to find your helper. And but fortunately that helper is comparable to him. So the helper is lower? Lower or higher? Equal. Equal comparable. Thank God. So the helper is not a slave. The helper is a helper just like you. That means it's a mutual help. Right? So both are helpers. They're helping each other. You know, that's how we can build a family. Right? Okay, just let, let me go further. So even God, when God created Adam, 
he realized that Adam was in need of a helper. And now throughout the history, throughout the word of God, if you turn back and see, you know, God is all about community. God told Israel, this is what God told in Leviticus chapter 26 verse 12, I will, I will walk among you and be your God and you shall be my people. You know, God is a God who commune with a community of people. And at times God speaks to individuals, but most of the time, the dwelling place of God is where? Among his people. Among his people. That's where God dwells. So God is a God of community. And even in the wilderness, children of Israel, they moved together as a community. Those who went alone, they were bitten by serpents and scorpions. They were just going together as a community. And they were worshipping God as a community. And even when they got settled, you remember? They got settled, each tribe together. They got settled as a community. So our God is a God of community. Think about the resurrection, death and resurrection of our Lord Jesus. Even after the death and resurrection of Jesus, he commanded the believers to gather together where? In the upper room. Together. God was not willing to anoint only Peter. God was willing to anoint all 120. You know, this morning I wish, you know, you may listen to this and appreciate the fact that God is a God of community. They assembled together. Peter and John went together into the temple of God. They gathered together. They had everything together. They believed together. They agreed together. You know, throughout the New Testament in the book of Acts, we see together, together. I was just counting. 31 times the word together appears in the New Testament, sorry, in, in the book of Acts. 31 times they were together. And today, I believe we are called to be together. We are called to grow in Christ together. We are called to serve together. We are called to participate in the mission work of God together. Can you say that together? together you know that's the plan of God that's what God wants us to uh, wants us to do the reason we are together the reason we are coming together on every Sunday morning just only one reason it's better we be together better be together because we are better when we are together this morning I want to take a couple of minutes to find out in what way we are better number one we are safer together can you say that with me we are safer when we are together you know alaskan mountains are not really safe for hiking all alone hikers who hike the mountains the alaskan mountains if they go alone most of the time they are under the attack of the mountain bears they won't come back if they go alone they hike alone so solo hiking is not safe in any bear country. It's not safe. So people prefer to hike in groups when they want to go for hiking. And today when we live on the face of this earth, God is telling us, I want you to be together as a community. I want you to live together. I want you to worship me together. I want you to serve me together. I want you to grow together because being together is safe. And we, today we don't see any bears around. You know, sometimes bears come. Do, they do come even, you know, I think downtown they spotted a bear sometime. They do come sometime. But we don't see many of them there. But Bible says there are wolves around. Have you seen a wolf in Canada? Yes? Yes? Bible says there are wolves around. 
And you don't see the wolves because the wolves, they don't come just like a wolves. Bible says they come in what? Sheep's clothing. And these wolves come like a sheep. And you may think that they are sheep. But Bible says, and Jesus said, God says, we are together, we are safer. Now listen to me, this is important this morning. We see wolves around, wolves coming in sheep's clothing. The wrong teachings, the wrong doctrines. You know, sometimes people hear something in the, in the internet or through somebody and they come and tell me, this is what we heard. I said, that's wrong, don't hear this again. Don't listen to this. That's not right, this is not according to the word of God. So it's better be together when you hear something which is not, you think that it's not according to the word of God. You have your fellow believer to consult with. You have somebody to talk to them you know, and find out whether it is right or it is wrong. We need to escape from those wolves that are roaming around. And God says, better be together. Together you are safer. Bible also talks about roaming lion. And why that roaming lions are roaming around? The roaming lions are roaming around so that it can devour somebody. And who is this ro roaming lion? Who is this roaming lion? Satan. Satan. Yeah, right. Right? Be bold. Satan. Satan is the roaming lion. And he comes for what? Bible says he comes to steal and to kill and to destroy. You know, these are the three purposes of the lion that is roaming around today. Safer. We are, sorry, together, we are safer. You know, these lions have only, they have only three purpose, purposes. They are there to steal, to steal the joy. One Sunday you don't show up, the joy is gone, the peace is gone. You don't feel like doing anything in that week. Even after coming on Sunday, mo Sunday morning to the service, you know, Monday we are discouraged. We feel that, you know, everything is gone. We feel that the energy is lost. And God is talking about, we are together, we are safer. Satan is roaring like a lion seeking whom he may devour. You know, Bible says, and God says, do not try to stand alone. Try to be together. You know, that's the time. We honor the time that we get together. We revere the time that we are having fellowship together. It's important. Do not try to do things alone. You know, even if, if there is a family issue, do not try to handle it all alone. You know, there are times we cannot handle certain issues in our family. You know, that's the reason we have the fellowship. That's the reason we have the church. You know, call the believers and call the church and say, I need some prayer support in my family. This is a situation that I'm going through in my family. Can you just pray with me? Can you just pray for me? God is telling us we are safer together. We are safer together. You know, sometimes we want to pray for someone. Somebody is asking us to pray. And it's better, safer to pray together. It's better and safer to pray together. You know, we don't know what, who is go, you know, whom we are praying with. We don't know what they are going through in their lives. We don't know what kind of bondages with which they are living in their lives. And when we try to do things alone, you know, most of the time we see, and you know, I'm not just you know, throwing a fear factor here, but most of the time we see those things you know, trying to attack you back. Because you may be dealing with a demonic influence which we do not know. When you try to do things all alone, you know, most of the time it hits us back. It's not supposed to hit us back because we are children of God. We are anointed with the Holy Ghost, yes? Yes? If you're not anointed with the Holy Ghost, certainly the enemy is going to throw you out. He doesn't really care. 
We are anointed with the Holy Spirit. But still, we feel that attack of the enemy. Why? Because God says, do things together. Just stand together. If you are praying for somebody, just take somebody along with you and just pray. Go and pray together. Pray together. You know, today we are safer when we are together. Today, if you look at the society, listen to this. Society may tell us, you know, we don't need to depend on anybody. You know, we are living in an individualistic culture in such that the community and the society and the government is trying to make things such a way that you don't need to depend on anymore, on anyone. You can just do things by yourself. Right? You know where to go for your car. You know where to go for your insurance. You know where to go for your electricity. You know where to go for your water bills to pay the water bills. You know where to go for the bank. We'll get where we'll get food. We get everything. We can just live all alone. That's what the society tells us. Even if you look at the city, the city will tell you all that you need is a fire alarm. You need a security system. And you need a fire extinguisher. If these three are there in your house, Nothing will happen. Is that true? I mean, that's what they say, right? That's what at least city says. You are safer. But we know safety comes from where? From God. Safety comes from God. We have every safety measure. And in spite of all this safety measure, we lost some of the great leaders. Safety could not protect them. All the safety measures they have taken that could not, you know, preserve them. We lost them. We lost them. They were, they are fallen in the hands of the enemy. We lost those great leaders in most of our nations, even in this nation. Why? Because safety comes only from God. So, you know, if God is not keeping us safe, we cannot be safe. Bible says, just want to quote the scripture and move away from this. Proverbs chapter 11 verse 14 Bible says Proverbs 11 14 says but in the multitude of counselors there is safety in the multitude what does it mean in the multitude of counselors you know when we come together in the presence of God God speaks to us through many ways God speaks to us through the worship God speaks to us you know through the word through prayer through the testimony many ways God speaks to us we get many counsel and when we follow those counsel, there is what? There is safety. Are you with me this morning? I want you to listen to me. Okay? So we find safety with the counsel of godly children. So the reason we are trying to be together because we want we find safety there. So when we stand together, when we support each other, when we encourage each other, no evil can touch us. No evil can touch us. Let me move further. Number two reason why we need to be together. Number two, when we are together, we can grow together. You know, this is very, very important. Growing together is the plan of God. Growing together is the plan of God. Have you come across a farmer which he takes the seed and he goes to the field from the morning till the evening. He spends his time in the field and he sows one seed and come back home. No, it's not worth. No farmer see, sows one seed. No farmer waters one plant. Growing together is what is expected. Growing together. And when the farmer goes to the field, he sows plentily. He knows that because if he sow plenty, he will reap plenty. And those who sow sparingly, they will reap sparingly. So he sows plenty. And when he sows plenty, he expects all the plants to grow 
together. In the same way, when God has planted each one of us in this church, the plan of God, listen to this, the design of God, the expectation of God is all of us need to grow together. All of us need to go grow together. You know, the reason why we are called the body of Christ, do you know the term? The body of Christ? So we are all the members of the body of Christ. So how, how we need to grow? We need to grow together. Think about a baby that doesn't grow. All the, all the body, all the members, they don't grow together. Think about a baby that baby's nose suddenly starts growing longer and longer and longer and longer. Do you like? No. Suddenly the ear grows, started bigger and bigger. No. You want, you expect all the organs to grow together. The reason why God has called us the body of Christ is God expects us to grow together. If somebody is not growing, somebody is not praying, if somebody is not doing good with the Lord, somebody is just walking away, who is not happy? The owner of the body is not happy. The head is not happy. The head is not happy. The head is not happy. God is expecting us to grow together. Can you say grow together? In Hebrew chapter 10, verses 24 and 25, I'd like to read the scriptures. Hebrews 10, 24, 25. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love. Can you read with me? And good works. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. The writer of Hebrew writes, saying that, do not forsake the assembling of the believers. He's trying to say, whenever you get an opportunity, run, rush, to get that fellowship. Why? That's where you can grow. That's where you can grow. You know, when you come to church, I'm not sure how many of you come to church with an idea of, Lord, can I be helped to somebody today? Do you really think about that? Do you really pray about that when you come to church? Yes? No? You don't think about that. Start praying about it. Lord, can I be a help to somebody? Someone who is coming to church, you know, she or he is so discouraged today. Lord, use me. Put the right word in my mouth. So that I may speak to them, I may speak to her, and I may be able to encourage them some. Because God expects us to grow together. God expects us to grow together. You know, sometimes this is what happens when we come together as a church. Can you all stand for a moment? When we come together as a church, together, when we come to church, you know, sometimes we may not be gifted in music. Not all of us. You know, coming and sitting with somebody who really plays good music can motivate you. Sometimes you may not really pray. You know, you don't like praying. Right? When, you, when there is prayer going on, you don't feel like going to prayer. I mean, that, that means you don't like prayer. You don't feel like going to church when there is prayer going on. But when you come and sit with somebody or listen to someone who is praying, you know, without your knowledge, the desire to pray comes in your mind. You know, that's the reason the writer of Hebrews says, do not forsake the assembling of saints, of ourselves together, because one can encourage the other. One matchstick, you know, can, 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 you know, can light some dead wood. And somebody who's not willing to do anything, but somebody is really good in God, you know, he's always praising God, always happy. You know, they may be of encouragement to somebody. Please be seated.
You know, sometimes we don't like to serve in the community. But when you come to church and see the way people are doing things in the church, see the way that you know, they're they are blessing the community, they're going and visiting somebody who is not, 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 not well and somebody is in need of something, the serving mind automatically comes to us. So God is saying that we need to grow together. Psalm 113 verse 1 says, Behold how good and pleasant it is for brothers dwell together in unity. You know, when I believe when psalmist wrote this psalm, he thinks about, you know, the way God thinks. He says, how good and how pleasant it is. It is pleasant for whom? I believe it is pleasant for God. You know, God is pleased. When we come together, that's what the scripture tells me. God is pleased. And after all, all the things that we are trying to do on this face of this earth is to try to please God in everything that we do. And there is no wonder when we come together, that pleases God because we are coming together in the name of the Lord in unity in one mind when we are together God is pleased Proverbs 27 17 says as iron sharpens iron so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend you know when we come together this is what happens when we come together we look at somebody when we learn from somebody we learn from others and we edify each other and we correct each other. You know, that's how we can grow in the Lord. You know, when we come together, there's not, not that somebody is superior, somebody is inferior. No, we're all together. So when we're all together, we want to learn from each other. We want to learn from each other. So here Proverbs says, as iron sharpens the iron. Can you sharpen an iron with a rubber? No. With a sponge? No. Iron has to be sharpened with another iron. Right? So for us to teach, the best way to learn is from another human. The good things. The good things. So we are talking about being together is going to help us to grow together finally. Being together helps us to serve together. Serve together. You know, God's work is huge. Can we do it alone, all alone? No. Do you believe that God has a mission for you? How many of you believe that first? Some of you don't believe? Yes? All of you believe God has a mission? Arina, do you believe God has a mission? Great. So all of us believe that God has a mission. So that mission cannot be just achieved by ourselves, just by ourselves, just by one person. No, it's not possible. So God expects us to serve him together because there is a lot more work need to be done. And God is asking the church to serve together. So individuals cannot really achieve much. But when we are together, we can achieve great things for God. I want to quote two scriptures. Ecclesiastes chapter 4 verse 9 says, Two are better than one because they have good reward for their labor. If two can join together and work, the work will be done very fast and the work will be effective and God's kingdom will progress. God's kingdom will progress. Luke chapter 10 verse 1, Jesus said, this is what Jesus said. Jesus appointed how many? 72. Jesus appointed 72 and how did he send them? Two by two. He did not send them alone. He sent them together, two by two. You know, when we want to serve God, we don't want to serve God all alone. We want to serve God together. You know, there are a couple of reasons each one of us is gifted differently. Someone can sing. Someone can play an instrument, someone can share the word, someone can share the testimony, someone can do different things, all the organization, all the arrangements. We are all gifted in many different ways. But when we all come together, 
we can put all our gifts together and serve the Lord. First Peter chapter 4 verse 10 says, As each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. As each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as a steward of the manifold grace of God. That means when we are gifted, each one is gifted differently. When we come together, put all the gifts together and serve each other, serve each other. That way it will bless, it will bless. The work of God will, be, will prosper. Not only that, each one has a different calling. Bible talks about call, calling on the believer. We are called into either one of these categories. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 11 says. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 11. And try to see where you will fit as a believer of God. As a child of God. We all need to fit in any one of these categories. Certainly, otherwise we are not serving God. I want you to find out where you fit. He himself gave some to be apostles. Some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. Where do you fit? I mean, that's a question, real question, personal question to you. Do you fit anywhere in this category? You need to fit somewhere to serve God. Minimum one area you need to fit. You can fit yourself in all five areas. It's well and good. But you need to find yourself to fit into any of this area. And if you do not know where exactly you fit, ask God. Ask God. It's important. As important as praying for PR. Yeah. As important as praying for your job promotion. Yes, you need to know. You need to know. Otherwise, I'm not sure. What are we doing here? Where do we fit? Apostles? Prophets? Evangelists, pastors, and teachers, the calling of God upon the church. Not just on the pastors. Some believer is called as a pastor. Some believer is called as a teacher. A believer is called as an evangelist. A believer is called as a prophet and apostle. Someone who believes in Lord Jesus. It's very well matches with the final commission that Jesus left with us. To promote the kingdom of God. When we get together, we put all the skills and minister to people. And especially I look at the gospel night or the Saturday night fellowship in that way. When we come with these gifts, when somebody who walks into the presence of God who do not know Jesus, he will know Jesus. He will know Jesus. We are, you know, when we minister to some people who never heard about the gospel or who heard the gospel in the wrong way, God will use you. But you need to be find, found there when you, such things happening when you are at home. God cannot use you. God can use you when you are in that situation. I said next month we are going to go out, the, out to the park. And you need to come there. You need to be found there in the park. There will be people coming and finding out what's going on here in this place. And you as an evangelist, you as a prophet, you as a pastor, you as a teacher, you should be right there to go and speak to them. Shake their hands and speak to them. Let the calling of God work in your life at that moment. And you may have a prophetic word to tell them, but you need to be found there when there is a need. And God is calling the church and telling the church, we can serve God together when we do things together. God's kingdom will progress. Finally, we talked about three reasons why we need to be together. I want to talk about a little bit before we close. Anything that separates us must be rejected. 
Anything that separates us, can you say that with me? Anything that separates us must be rejected. You know, this is very, very important for a church, any church for that matter. You know, God has a purpose for the church. God has called us to be together because being together is safe. And God has called us to be together because being together will result in growth. God has called us to be together because being together will help us to serve God. But now, anything that's tried to separate us must be rejected. Listen to this. Even if you're not listening to the first section of the message, listen to this part of the message. This is very, very important. We're turning our Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 4 to 13. I would like to read the scriptures. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 4 through 13. You can get them on the screen. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 4 to 13. Verse 4, I thank my God, listen to as we read, I thank my God always concerning you, Paul is writing this to the church in Corinth, for the grace of God which was given to you by Christ Jesus, that you were enriched in everything by him, in all utterance and all knowledge, even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you, so that you come short in no gift. You have all the gift eagerly waiting for the revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ. The church in Corinth, you know, this is understanding. The church in Corinth was filled with all the gifts of God, all the spiritual gifts of God. And they were waiting for what? They were waiting for what? For what? Revelation. What is the revelation of Christ? What does it mean? What does it mean, revelation of Christ? The coming of the... Lord, the coming of the Lord, you know, be a good student of the Bible. Now, the coming of the Lord, that's what is the revelation of Jesus Christ. And they are just waiting, the church, the entire church is waiting for the coming of the Lord. Verse 8, who will also confirm you to the end that you may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. Such a perfect church is what is the church of Corinth. Verse 9, God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of his son Jesus Christ our Lord. Listen to verse 10. Listen to everybody. Listen to this. Verse 10 says, Now I plead with you, brethren, by the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing. You have all the gifts, that's good. But now you need to speak the same thing. As a church, you need to speak the same thing. That's what he's telling to the church in Corinth. You need to speak the same thing. And that there be no division among you. We talked about being together, the importance of being together. Now Paul is writing to the church in Corinth, very well-gifted church. And he's saying that there should not be any divisions among you. But that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. You know, this is very, very important for a church. Verse 11, for it has been declared to me concerning you, my brethren, by those of close household, that there are contentions among you. Some of the church members, there are contentions among you. Verse 12, now I say this, that each of you says, I am of Paul. I am of Apostle, sorry, Apollos. And I am of Cephas. Or I am of Christ. Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? These are the couple of questions that Paul asked. You are a church greatly gifted. 
serving the Lord with all your gifts. And Paul says, Was Christ divided? Was Paul crucified? Or whether Paul baptized you? Why are you just talking about names there? Why are you just going behind those leaders? Why are you going behind people there? The Bible clearly says, sectarianism is a sin or, ex- or, or, or a division in the church is not pleasing God. Now the theological term or the, the, the right term there is sectarianism. Sectarianism or division is a sin. A church may be you know, filled with the gifts of God. A church may be you know, doing the ministry very well. But if that church is divided, if the church is filled with sectarianism, God finds sin in the church. I want you to think about your experience with the churches. If there is division in the church, you know, God is not pleased. Things may happen. But God says it is clearly sin. Paul says, Paul is giving a warning there. Sectarianism is excessive attachment to a particular sect or party or religion or language. That's what is sectarianism. It's good to have the watch the news, it's good to do everything, but when you get excessively attached to a party, it can turn into a sin for a child of God. You know, good to stand for a language. And even, you know, dare to die over, you know, give our lives for that language, but excessive attachment, which is not really needed, with that language will become a sin in the sight of God. I want to take, you know, talk about a couple of things before we leave. Leaders, Paul is talking about leaders. Paul is a leader, Apollos is a leader, Cephas is a leader, and Paul is talking about those leaders. So following one spiritual leader, listen to this, following one spiritual leader and identifying ourselves as the follower of those leaders is wrong. Whoever it may be. Whoever it may be. We all need to follow whom? Jesus. He's the one who is worthy for us to follow. Nobody else. So let's not let's stop following people. Let's stop stop imitating people. Let's stop following people. They are good servants of God, used by God. But God is not asking you to follow them. God is not trying, you know, asking you to talk the way they the same way they talk. God is not asking you to lead the worship the same way they lead worship. God is asking you to follow Jesus. Number two, nationality. It's important that we need to be patriotic. Listen to this. This is very important. We need to be patriotic, but excessive attachment to one nation. And taking pride, saying that I belong to that nation is sin in the sight of God. Taking excessive attachment to a particular nation, a true child of God, doesn't really belong to any nation. God says, you are a stranger and a pilgrim. It doesn't matter whether you live in India or in Sri Lanka or in Africa or in Canada. It doesn't matter. You are a who? What is your name? You are a stranger. You are a pilgrim. You don't have a nation. You don't belong to a nation. We all belong to the nation of heaven. Excessive attachment of nation. We don't need to have that. We don't need to have that. Language. You know, sometimes we may speak one language, but showing excessive attachment to that language and showing excessive attachment to those people who speak that same language. And sometimes even we consider others 
lower than us is a sin is a sin according to the word of god now here the fight going on my language came first in the world and somebody else says no 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 my language came it's a, your language is a derivative of my language you know my language came first excessive attachment to a language is sectarianism bible rejects that you are talking about we need to reject those divisions among the children of god because when we go to heaven what language do we speak heavenly language that's a very clever answer heavenly language we all speak in heavenly language right so let's not worry about what language we speak it doesn't really matter what about skin color right our fellow believers skin color may be sometimes different right some of us our color may be just as white as snow some of our colors may be as white as coal and some of us are in between does it really matter for god no it doesn't really matter for god and god is saying that he is your fellow brother in your he is your fellow sister and love love you know that's the one reason i like we need all colors possible in the world red blue green black yellow orange all the colors of people we need in this church we need everybody we need everybody because that's how we are going to be there in the heaven and even if you search you may not find our own people there sometime and god is telling us let's not get divided we need to be united we need to be united what about caste there is no doubt anyone who is dividing people anyone who is divided based on the caste will not enter into the kingdom of god how many of us are with you with me this morning amen anyone who is dividing people based on the caste will not enter into the kingdom of god if you allow by some reason if he goes into the kingdom of god there he is going to make trouble there's there he is going to make problem so i'm sure god is not going to allow him anybody who divides children of god based on the caste system is not going to enter in the in the kingdom of god what about religion who made the religion we need to know all this we who made the religion we made the religion there is no religion in the word of god there is no religion we made the religion religion is man made and people cannot be divided based on religion there is no doubt about it people cannot be divided based on religion because religion is man made because at the end of the age god is listen to this god is going to segregate god is going to group everybody into two category godly ungodly there is no religion there is no christianity hinduism and buddhism or you know uh, islamism whatever there is no religion there in the kingdom of god only two categories godly ungodly godly ungodly and who are those godly a godly can be a muslim a godly can be a hindu as long as he comes to the father through the name of jesus because jesus said i am the way he may be living like a muslim today outside but he would already given his life to jesus you will find such people there he may be just standing in front of the idol for the sake of standing but he would already given his life to jesus inside he may be serving the living god god is not going to look at our outward outward expression outward appearance not at all forget it throw that away from those churches from the churches god is not worried about whatever you wear god doesn't care 
Whatever you hang on your neck or ear or everywhere, God doesn't care. God doesn't care. But God looks at the heart. You may be falling down before the statue, but inside the heart, you are surrendered to God. Now, we know many Christians, many Christians, many secret Christians that way. They need to go to the temple because they are forced to go to the temple. They'll go to the temple. They may wear whatever they had to do, but inside the heart, totally surrendered, sold out for God. We will find such people there. Religion cannot bring divisions among us. So what else? I don't see there is a reason why we need to be divided, why churches need to be divided. Today, if you find those things in the churches, Bible says, word of God says, those things must be rejected. If you find anybody coming into the church, bringing those things that what I spoke about, you have the right to tell him to get out. We have the right to tell him to get out. It's important for any church. In the past, even in the churches, there are people trying to enter and divide. And God has given us the grace to tell them to go away, leave, leave. We can't have any such people inside. Because we need to protect the well that God has given to us from where we draw water. We need to protect our lives that God has given us. We need to protect. We cannot allow divisions in our churches. So we are talking about we are being better together as children of God. Before we summarize, before we close, we don't have any other identity other than being known as children of God. You know, sometimes our behavior may be different. Listen to this. Because, you know, we are coming from different culture. Our behavior may be different. Our talk may be different. Our look may be different. But at the end of the day, we are all children of the same God. It doesn't really matter. It doesn't really matter. So this morning, God is talking to us. God is telling us clearly. Being alone is unsafe, to summarize. And God's design for our life is to live together. And we talked about that we are safer together. And we talked about that, you know, God is expecting us to grow together. And God is expecting us to serve him together. And any sectarianism or any discrimination or division among us need to be rejected because it is sin in the sight of God. And I believe this morning God may speak to us. Let's close our eyes. I believe this morning God has spoken to us about how important that we need to be together. And as the writer of Hebrews says, as the days are approaching, you know, we are living in the last days. We are living in a time where, you know, there are, there are many theologies rising. Not, they are not according to the word of God. We are living in a time we don't see bears around, but we see wolves around. We see the lion roaming around us. We need to be together. We are found safety when we are together. And I believe this morning God has spoken to each one of us. God has spoken to us. And God is also telling us, as God spoke to the church in Corinth, don't allow any sectarianism. Don't allow any division. Even in your mind, do not allow that. Ask God for grace to love everybody equal without any partiality serve everybody equal without any partiality and god has to put that desire in our hearts and god expects that in our hearts because all that we know is we are washed by the blood of the lamp whatever color we may be everything is washed by the same blood that jesus shed at the cross and I believe this morning God has spoken to us. 
let's be very clear in our mind let's have clarity in that aspect to consider everyone equal to love everybody equal to serve everyone equal and together we are safer and together we can grow in the lord and god is also expecting us to serve him together and this morning god is speaking to the church and as the book of revelation says those who have ear let them hear what the spirit says to the church god's heart is broken when he sees division in the churches that one division is enough to wipe away all the good works that churches done years after year god is not pleased god is not pleased i believe this morning god is speaking to me and to all of us father this morning we come into your presence lord we realize how important lord it is to be together lord the enemy is very clever to throw divisions among people of god as he was trying to do in the church of corinth but lord this morning we as your children lord we as your church lord we stand against those divisions in the name of jesus nothing can separate us lord nothing can separate us lord nothing can bring division among us oh god nothing lord god nothing lord you have uh, we ask you that you would give your mind to us lord so lord god as the bible says oh god help us lord to be of christ minded oh god so that lord we will be able to look at people the same way you look at them oh god and we ask you this morning that you would give us give this church that kind of mindset lord as we take lord your work further into this generation oh father i pray that you would quicken each one of us i pray that you would speak to each one of us lord send all of us with your peace and we give you glory in jesus mighty name amen amen